This is Dagon123, and welcome to the all-new TenchiCast. Hello everyone, and welcome to the next exciting episode of TenchiCast, presented by TenchiForum.com and TenchiMuyoWiki.com. If you've been following our 30 years of Tenchi this year, you probably noticed that we translated a little something called Heian Muyo for the first time. But before we get into that, I'd like to introduce our cast today. We have a brand new face to TenchiCast, Harun. Hey up everyone, I'm bringing some of that Yorkshire goodness. And of course, our friendly neighborhood who. I am once again asking you to listen to me talk about Tenchi Muyo. So, let's do a little bit of background for everybody listening here. So if you're not exactly sure what Heian Muyo is, we'll give you a little bit of a refresher or some brand new information. Way back in the far off year of 1993, a drama CD was released that was what many fans may know as the Time and Space Adventures, brainchild of Hiroki Hayashi and Ryue Tsukimura. This was also the birthplace of Pretty Sammy. For reasons unknown, Heian Muyo was recorded, but not included, on this original Time and Space Adventures CD. It was, however, released a short time later. What makes this audio drama so unique is that it was given an animated slideshow and released on Laserdisc and VHS as Heian Muyo, the Aieka's Desirable World. When Tenchi Universe became a thing, Heian Muyo was the very first world that the Tenchi cast visited in episode 11, though slightly different than its audio drama counterpart. Having said all that, let's get things started. What did you think of Heian Muyo? I think it was quite interesting to rewatch these side by side with the time and space adventures, just seeing where the differences were. You might think, oh, I already kind of know the story, but quite a few differences compared to the one from Tenchi Universe, like characters' outfits, like they look completely different from what's in Universe, but also some of the gags and some of the characters are kind of omitted. But I really like the outfits that all the characters are wearing uh, during the audio drama. Well, like Haroon said, if you've watched Tenchi Universe, and certain series of episodes of Time and Space Adventures, this all does feel familiar. So it was very interesting seeing this and contextualizing it for a lot of Tenchi Muyo fandom, who rightly so probably had never seen this before, maybe never even heard of it before. Or if they did, they just had no idea really what it was or where it fit. You know, this it, it's really interesting. This takes us back to like 1993, before Tenchi Muyo as a franchise got so convoluted and we had these multiple continuities and we had little cults of personality develop over who was in charge, who was directing, who was writing, you know, who was the kind of uh, creative main thrust behind uh, whatever iteration might be your favorite. So here we have, you know, Hayashi very involved, obviously a co-creator director of the first OVA. Another thing he really was an early advocator for though and was involved in were audio dramas and he recognized that 
that was something that, you know, listeners being able to hear the voices of these characters in these situations, it's, it's, it's kind of a throwback to before television and, you know, radio dramas. Just ask Orson Welles. Uh, Once Upon a Time was a, a, a popular pastime for people. So, you know, here you have building off of that, of course, the audio dramas, and many may not know, as was said, that's where the time and space adventures from Universe originally come from there. Pretty Sammy makes her appearance in an audio drama. And so, you know, Hei and Muyo kind of comes from that time, a primordial time almost in, in the Tenshi Muyo franchise before all these divisions. So it was, it was really fun. Uh, the very limited animation, you know, it's one of those things where the like the audio dramas, the vocal performances of the characters really have to carry it far. And and they did even here with the language barrier for many of us. It was so entertaining. And, you know, you, you see this was before Universe. This was before we had Kione involved. And we don't even have Washu or Sasami in this little adventure. But, you know, it, it was fun. And I hope you caught all of the extensive translator notes at the end. Very nicely done, Dagon there, and getting some help with that as well. For Because for Japanese listeners and viewers, a lot of these things would be very intuitive, or they would recognize right away, like uh, Aieka and, uh, you know, being Princess Kaguya, being this princess from the moon, this extraterrestrial princess. It's one of these things that's like, you know, Hayashi and probably also Ryoe Tsukimura, who helped him with El Hazard who was also a writer for Tenchi Universe, who also helped with the Mahoshi special, definitely knows Tenchi Muyo. I'm sure when they were coming up with this, they went, oh, this is just too perfect. We we have to do this. Hey and Muyo, like I said in the intro, is it's an interesting artifact of Tenchi because of the fact that there really isn't anything like it. I mean, obviously, there's the first part of episode 11 of the Time and Space Adventures, but... It's basically a motion comic, and that's something that you really don't see anywhere else in Tenchi Muyo, just because Tenchi's had the luxury, I guess you'd say, of always being animated, always having an animated form. And if you've been around Tenchi fandom for any length of time, and you've done some real deep diving, you've probably run into this little oddity and you know, run, you kind of thought to yourself, like, where does this come from? This kind of reminds me of Time and Space Adventures episode 11 a little bit, but it's not, and it's audio only, really. But now you know, now you know where this little space oddity comes from. I think the thing that I really like about Tenshi Muyo, and you touched on it, who, was that Hayashi and Tsukimura were really smart about how they mixed in Japanese folklore with Tenshi in a way that is seamless but also doesn't feel like the characters are like cosplaying these mythological or folkloric characters like it's it works in the most perfect way ryoko is an oni she's an oni and tenchi quote unquote i mean she's really a space alien but she's an oni that's how she is introduced and then in hey and muyo she's literally portraying ibaraki in this little drama, you know, Ibaraki Doji is the mythological oni that harassed this little area and in particular is known for being a part of Rashomon and the Rashomon Gate, which they also have in there. And the one other thing that's just really interesting that fits so seamlessly with Ryoko is one of the tales of Ibaraki is Ibaraki is defeated 
by having his hand cut off. And it's just like, you look at that and you look at the way that Tenchi beats Ryoko in the first episode, he cuts her hand off. And it's just like, you sometimes you wonder, like, is that something that they put in deliberately? Were they pulling from Broshomon and the story of Ibaraki? Or were they doing that? Did that just happen to be something that as time went on and they got the ability to do audio drama stuff? They're like, well, what if Tenchi went back into the past? Oh, we got to do, you know, Roshomon. That would be so great. That would fit perfectly. And then the same thing with Aika, as you mentioned. You know, Aika is a princess who has all these suitors and she's hoping for Tenchi's well-being. This doesn't show up in Tenchi Universe, but we'll get to that. But Aika is literally portraying Princess Kaguya. Princess Kaguya, as who had said also, she's a princess from the moon. Aika is literally a princess from the stars from Jirai in Tenchi. It's just like, you literally couldn't have picked a better story. You, like, the flo- the folklore, a lot of folklore in Japanese just works so perfectly with these characters. It's just, ah, like, going through it and actually being able to understand this for the first time and understanding the little bits and pieces of it. To a Japanese person, this would be like, I don't even really, I, I can't really think of, like, a good allegory or a metaphor for what that would be to those of us in the States or in the United Kingdom, but... It just, it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. You couldn't have done it better. Like, it's just, it's so seamless. And then the other thing I think that Hei and Muyo, I really liked about it was its characterization. Like, the, all of the characters, they feel like themselves. They don't, even, even portraying these characters from folklore. You never once second guess Aika acting the way she does, or, you know, Tenchi acting the way he does, or Mihoshi acting the way she does. It's, I enjoyed it from top to bottom. Looking at Aika's world in universe, how would you compare the two? Each one is, interestingly enough, about the same length of time. They run for roughly about nine minutes. What do you think were the strengths or weaknesses of one over the other? I think for me, it was the characterization. Yosho, you only see him in the background with Nobuyuki for like a split second when Sasami is just kicking a ball around in the universe episode. Whereas here, he kind of plays up sort of the stereotypical pervy old man. And there were a couple of funny jokes there, but yeah, it felt more like the OVA version of of Katsuhiko slash Yosho in this version, which I I prefer his characterization in other medias than the OVA version. But the strengths-wise, I do think that it does have a lot of great comedic moments as well. Like I really do like the the cat fight in between Ryoko and Ayaka, which is the staple of the series, and it's done quite well here. And just seeing Tenchi kind of get dragged by his by his neck back to Ryoko's place. So once again, Tenchi is just forced into a situation that he has no control over. I agree with Harun on the Yosho and Katsuhito part there. I think I will say a difference I noticed is uh, Tenchi. <laughs> in Universe, as I recall, it has been quite some time since I've sat down and watched it, though, and I watched Hei and Muyo uh, comparatively recently to prepare for today. But in in the Universe episode, you you I got more of an impression, as I recall, that Tenchi was not faultless, right? Like in Hei and Muyo, he's literally dragged away by, by kicking and screaming by Ryoko and saying like, help me. 
<laughs> this Odie is taking me back to her lair and is much more of this, you know, captive victim, if you want to see from, you know, Aika's perspective or something. Of course, Ryoka wouldn't characterize it that way. Of course she wouldn't. But we see in universe, Tenji is a little more sneaking around behind Aika's back. He He's a, a little bit more of a player, dare I say. And uh, and so it shows there's, you know, he's still, nah, you know, about it. He's still Tenji about it. <laughs> but that was probably that. And of course, you, you know, as we said, like the, you know, the absence of Kione in Heian Muyo. It was nice to see her in, in universe because why not? She's a, a police officer. She's Mahoshi's partner. Why not? But yeah, that was something that I, I definitely picked up on. And, you know, it they're funny to me. Both of them are, are funny in their own way since they were basically kind of, again, with universe redoing this almost. It's nice that they mixed it up a little bit, did it a little bit differently here. It's like, what if instead of, oh, we're seeing where Tenchi is initially sent to find this demon and presumably slay the demon and then is is taken, you know, captive or something. It's like, well, by this point, we're seeing they're they're rendezvousing with each other. They're meeting up with each other and Tenchi's going, ah, geez, you know, and, and <laughs> so I think that um, I, I appreciate that difference. Which one do I like more? That one's tough to say, but it was nice to see it more animated in in the tv series versus hey and muyo obviously both you know had very different purposes came out at two different times but i feel like they leaned into them you know like uh, with an audio drama the script and the voice acting has to be paramount like it has to be the thing that's right at the forefront you know you can't have like 15 to 30 seconds of music and action in an audio drama you have to have constant dialogue and I feel like Hey and Muyo does a really good job with that. With Universe's episode 11 adaptation, it's all about the visuals. It's super good with the visuals. Like, Ryoko standing on the roof of Rashomon Gate with the lightning going across the sky and her red eyes. Like, Toonami played that all the time because it's the most, and multiple promos, because it's the most badass, it's one of the most badass things you see in Tenchi, period, is her as the Oni. And they also kind of did the same thing with Aika in this episode, because there's that thing where she says, prepare to die, that they played all the time in the promos, because it's cool. You know, like this episode actually, among most episodes, actually gets featured quite a bit just because of the action and how it looks. And I think that, well, speaking of Aika, you know, that's actually a pretty smart period specific thing that I think people might have missed if they're not paying attention or if they just don't know. The weapon that Aika is wielding is a Naginata, which is a weapon that was used by the Onabugeisha. And the Onabugeisha were around during the Heian period of Japan. And so, you know, you might think like, well, duh, of course they would do that. But it's the little attention to detail like that that I think makes Tenshi Universe shine and this shine in particular, like like Heian Muyo, because Heian Muyo at the end had the uh, the food that Ryoko was talking about that was specific to the Heian period. They did the same thing with Aika and the Naginata. Like they made sure that things were period specific. They didn't just have you know Aika pull out a katana. They made it unique and they made it period specific. And you might think like. We would do that, but, you know, if you've watched certain movies in the last couple of years, like, there have been things that 
people have called out that it's like, oh, well, this is supposed to happen in the nine. This is supposed to happen in like 1985 or whatever. And they have a song from 1993, stuff like that. But I feel like that very much shined as far as which one's better. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I can really say which one is better over the other. I think it's kind of a like I said, I think they do two very specific things. Universe is much more about showcasing the action the frenetic energy one thing i did notice that who had mentioned as well was that in hey and muyo it's almost like they're putting on a play it's not until the very end that aika is like all right i can't take this world anymore like she breaks the fourth wall in that way whereas in universe like they kind of put on the show like oh you have to go uh, uh, get the demon of rashomon gate and everybody's like oh no i don't want to do that and, te- and literally, as Tenchi gets up to the gate, he's like, "Hey, Ryoko, are you up there?" Like, like he recognized, like he was just kind of putting it on a little bit, but he recognizes what it is. Like, this isn't a real world, and he's just kind of going through the motions, I guess, because he has to, which is kind of a fun little thing for Tenchi. Ryoko, of course, is, you know, recognizes him immediately. Whereas in Hey and Muyo, it's much more of a like, "Oh, hey, thanks for helping Ryooki." It's just a I feel like that was kind of a fun little touch, too. It's a little bit more uh, tongue-in-cheek, whereas opposed to Hey and Muyo plays it a little bit more straight until the very end. Who mentioned earlier with the Japanese folklore references. It's really great that the Tenchi form uh, have all these translation notes at the end to kind of really help contextualize a lot of stuff and enjoy it. I think with Hey and Muyo, there's, I think, two or three references or jokes that can kind of go over your head without the context. I think such as like Ryoko offering a snack you eat with a drink. And it's like, I would not have known that without those translation notes. And that's been a really real help to kind of understand Heimuyo a little bit more. And it's just great to see Tenshi Muyo referencing these older legends as well, because the demo of a shaman is based off a real world legend. And Tenshi has always kind of done that. You know, you look at like say, I Tenshi Muyo and that's, has a lot of hints and references to the legend of Momotaru. Um, and it's very it's very subtle. If you know the legend, then you oh, you can pick it out. And I think it's the same here as well. This uh, fun little short video, Heian Muyo, which of course references the Heian period. And some listeners might know out there. I just wanted to throw out there. It's like, well, the, uh, the whole, the title, which you're probably familiar with now, Tenchi Muyo, can be read a couple different ways and so there's a play on words there it's oh it's you know no need for tenchi this boy the main character but there's also the heaven earth connotations and so forth and here i i thought kind of funny and quite appropriate for tenchi muyo and what happens in heian muyo is if you think about it it's like well heian actually translates to like peace and it has to do with the the period looking back on that time that's how that period, uh, the Hayden period is is characterized. Uh, one of the many ways it's characterized by historians looking back. And uh, so in a way, I'm wondering, oh, Hayden Muyo, could you read that as no need for peace? I think so. I think that's certainly thematic of this short. But you know, talking about Dagon, you had said you wonder how much of these things were they thinking of making the original OVA of Tenchi. And it's an interesting thought exercise and maybe not everything, but I think certainly some things. And just kind of on that note, as we're looking back on how diversified Tenchi Muyo became after this in the years since the Rashomon 
gate has such a, a history to it and so many stories in Japanese culture. And of course, one of the more modern iterations of that was Akira Kurosawa's film, Rashomon. And for more on that, you can even look up like the Rashomon effect, if you will. And so minor spoilers here, but just the premise of that film, it has to do with points of view. It has to do with memory and it has to do with subjectivity. And all throughout that, the film Rashomon, you're hearing accounts of something that happened from different perspectives and different actors who have different agendas and different reasons to say something happened one way or another and to put a, a slight twist on things. They can, they can all agree on the, the very basic, the most basic premise of what happened. But from there, you're hearing from a criminal, you're hearing from even supposedly someone from beyond the grave, you know, what really happened here. And the artistry of that is that as the audience, we really don't know. And it's kind of left to, to us to choose who do we believe. And I think it's perhaps ironic. I don't know if that's the right, the right word here for how Tenshi Muyo actually ended up happening. And you have, you, you can look at it from Hayashi's perspective. You can look at it from Kajushima's perspective. You can look at it from Hasegawa's perspective. You can look at it from Nagishi's perspective, all of these perspectives, and you will get slightly different interpretations of what that is. They all agree on the basics. They all agree on there's a boy in Okoyama named Tenshi. There's this uh, space pirate Ryoko. There's Aiki. You can agree on that. But after that, it's, who are you going to believe? Which version are you going to go with? And I was just thinking of that here as we talked about Rashomon. And I'm sure that was probably not intended way back in 1993 when, when this was being recorded and released. But here we are, you know, almost 30 years later, and that has definitely become the case. And perhaps it will help Hei and Muyo to, you know, remain relevant to Tenchi Muyo fans, and it will be a part of that rich legacy. I had not even thought about I, but no, that's a that's another good uh, observation there, Harun, is the kind of the continued, or I guess callback, to another legend, and of course Ryoko is the Oni in that as well. But yeah, no, that's actually a good point, is like going back through it again for the podcast, just yeah, having looked over it, you know, whenever I, I finish a project, I'll stop looking at it for a while because you look at it so much. You're like, okay, I need to take a break from it. But there really is like a something that Universe did not do as much. It's like Universe pretty much name drops Rashomon. And then after that, it's pretty par the course of just like Japanese culture. It's kind of funny when, when I think of Tenchi Muyo and then the characters doing something from ancient Japanese folklore... It never occurred to me that they were doing something that was a part of their folklore. Like Tenchi was this thing that because of the space pirates and the this and the that and the other, like them doing something ancient Japanese just seemed like a scenario. Like, oh, of course they would do that, but not. I never thought of it as like a, a you know Japanese characters doing something that was Japanese. It was that just kind of speaks to the the worldliness, I guess, or the ability for the Tenchi characters to kind of just do anything. But definitely in Hei and Muyo, they really lean into Japanese folklore, like saying, like when Yosho was saying that Tenchi is on the other side of the Sanzu River, like 
nobody would get that unless you understood that basically he's saying he's dead he's already dead he's uh, he's on the other side of the river he's going down the river sticks he's dead and or you know just all of the stuff that has to do with kaguya like they could have name dropped something like that just a little bit in universe but they didn't and i feel like an interesting kind of way it also gives ryoko a speciality in that in the universe episode in particular which is funny because it's supposed to be aika's most desirable world and ryoko ends up being the focal point in it as she does in most people's worlds which is interesting but ryoko is the one who really kind of takes on the the folkloric element to it whereas everybody else is kind of like oh you know they're kind of doing their thing and then ryoko is the demon of rashomon being able to see hey and muyo it's great. I really do want to say thanks to the people at Tension Form for actually subbing it, because if you're like a if you can understand Japanese, read Japanese, or if you're a Japanese fan, like you've had access to this material for decades now. So seeing it for the first time is almost like experiencing something new with Tension Muyo. Like there's so much Japanese specific material out play the novels that we never get a chance to experience here in the West. So being able to kind of get a little bit of a glimpse as to, oh, here are these extra things that came out over in Japan is something really even more special. The fact that it's coming out for the 30th anniversary as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, a little bit shorter Tenchi cast, but then again, Hey and Muyo is short, sweet, and to the point, but that doesn't make it any less good. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on all social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you get your Tenchi Fix. And of course, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you get your podcasting fix, we are there. Until next time, stay gold. Stay gold.